Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. So this morning I want to start with Paul's, the Apostle Paul's letter to uh, Philippi, the Philippians. Philippians 4, verse 8, we're going to start there. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just and pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, what does he say? Think on these things. Now, I love the scripture here. He, he's saying to really to, to think on certain things that are lovely and pure and just and, and, and good report and, and honest. But look at verse 9. He says, those things, what things? The things he just described, which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. So like there's this, there's this thing going on, this relationship with Paul. He, what does he say for them to do with it? Do it. He says, so just do it. You've seen it in me. You've heard it. You're kind of getting acquainted with what it means to walk in this way of thinking of what's pure and honest and true and full of virtue and of good report. He says, think on these things. But look at this. And the God of peace shall be with you. Now, this isn't God saying, if you don't do this, I won't be with you. I mean, we've all through this morning, we've tried to help you understand that God never leaves you, he never forsakes you. But how many know this, that we can have relationship with somebody, but we can be out of fellowship with them. And it's not that the Father ever leaves us, but sometimes in our minds we go somewhere else. So what he's saying is when you live this way, when you think on these things, what's going to happen is you're going to notice, you're going to awaken to this peace that's always been there. And as you awaken to it, you can actually benefit from it. How many know that we have to believe something before we benefit from it? And so for some of us, it's like, how can I even do that? I don't even know if I'm good with, with my dad, with Papa, with God, with the divine. Well, the truth is you are. It's a done deal. So awaken to your righteousness, which means right relationship, and then walk in these things. So this morning, my question really is this, and in the title of today's talk is, what's in your cup? Say, what's in your cup? So one of my favorite cups of all time. I got this from my, 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 my daughter-in-law is laughing. This is a wolf cup, right? Because I'm a one-man wolf pack. Okay, bad, bad movie reference. Only one of the heathens in here got that. But, but this cup, I love this cup because it was given to me by my kids. And, and so graciously, it was kind of a joke it's been this like wolf thing, so you don't get it, so don't even ask. But I got this wolf cup, and I love it. In fact, I put coffee in this this morning, Alyssa, and it tastes so much better when it's in the wolf cup. But I was thinking about this. Have you ever had a cup of coffee, you know, whether you're at home or a public place, and, and you have that cup of coffee, or even a Starbucks, you're, you're, you're preparing things, and someone comes up, and they bump into you, and you spill your coffee. Now, what's your reaction usually? Bless you, brother. I love you in the name of the Lord. Of course, because you're Christians, right? But you ever had that happen? Like, I've literally had someone bump into me or they come up like, hey, man, and try to get my attention. You're like this. And it's like you got coffee and now you're it's scalding hot. It's burning all over. And you're like, this is awesome. I love you, brother. But uh, it's, it's falling all over and you're just kind of irritated about it, right? And so someone maybe they see this happen and they look at you and they say, hey, man, why did you spill the coffee? 
Now, what would my response be? Because, yeah, because someone bumped into me, which is true. But technically, the reason that you spilled the coffee from the cup is because that's what was in the cup. That, that was like a Bruce Heist thing right there. Come on. No, that's a boom. But if I had tea in the cup, I would have spilled tea. You would have said, why'd you spill the tea? Because tea was in it. If I had water in it, you'd say, well. But you know, I was thinking about this. The reason that we spill the coffee is because coffee was in the cup, right? Again, had there been tea in the cup, tea would have come out. Had there been water, water would have come up. See, whatever is inside the cup is what will spill out. So really the question is, what's in your cup? Buttercup? I mean, what is in your cup? Because living life will cause some spills. How many know that in life, spills happen? How many know that when circumstances come, adversity comes along, what's happened? It, it, it shakes you. And let me, let me say something. I guarantee you that it will happen. We, we will be shaken at times in life. You know, praying a prayer of salvation and saying I love Jesus doesn't make everything perfect. And I used to say, man, I wish it did. But honestly, I'm glad it doesn't. Do you know how much I've learned through adversity in my life? If life was so easy that nothing came my way, what would I learn? And so adversity, you know, even as parents, it's like I I could be guilty sometimes, probably more so from, you know, my older children, is to be that helicopter parent. You're always hovering over them. You want to make sure everything's fine. But, you know, as you, I've told the story before that, like, when your first child's born, I mean, everything that happens, you're like, (gasps) Just come to our house when Alyssa and Oakley were hanging out. It was like, oh my God, what happened? Did Oakley sever his hand? But no, but that's what happens, right? It's our first kid. We're like, he falls in the street, he bumps his head. There's a little blood and you're just like, oh. the second kid, you're like, oh. and the third one, you're like, oh, and the fourth, you're like, he'll be all right. It's just, isn't that wild how that happens? You're like, he'll, he'll be, he's bleeding all over. I know head wounds just bleed more than normal body parts. So it's okay. I think sometimes in life, We have these issues, we have this adversity that comes our way and we will be shaken. We need to understand that that's going to happen. But whatever is inside us, when these things happen, when we're shaken, is going to come out. Just like the coffee cup. If I'm holding holding coffee, if coffee's in my cup and I get bumped, what's going to come out? If I have tea in my cup and I get bumped, what's going to come out? Someone say coffee? Wake up. But the truth is... Whatever's in the cup is what will come out. Now, years ago, I heard this analogy of, and I I like the analogy that when the pressure of life comes, it squeezes us and whatever's on the inside will come out. And I think that's a good reference. But I think at that time, they said something like, who you truly are comes out. And, And I've come to look at that differently. See, who you truly are at the core is who God has called you to be. You're a son. I mean, you're perfect. You're holy. You're pleasing. You're acceptable. I know that's really tough for us to see. But see, I even look at my own children. Becoming a father was probably one of the best things that could happen to me. Because there's not one time that I ever looked at my child and thought, what a hideous, wretched thing. I cannot stand being around this kid. No, there's times where they irritate you beyond belief. Amen? Can I get one amen this morning? Right. But never do I want to separate from them. I am their father. I am their parent. I love them. Now, when they make bad decisions, consequences come, right? The wages of sin is, is it the wages of God? It's the wages of, right. So sin's not good. And we've learned over, you know, several teachings that the word sin in the Greek is the word hamartia. 
or hamartias, people pronounce it different, but that word literally means to operate outside of your identity. So it's, it's just saying, it's, it's really, that's what hypocrisy is. When you do those things that are outside your identity, that's being a hypocrite. But when you're operating inside your identity, one who exhibits joy and love and peace and grace, that's who you truly are. And so it's important that we see this. So, you know, when you get squeezed, I think what happens, just like that coffee cup, what you are putting in is what's going to come out. But let me tell you something that's awesome. In Christ, we have all things that we need for life and godliness. It's already provided. This is the beauty of the cross, the burial, the resurrection, is that everything has been done. It's a finished work. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. So now there's this finished work. And then what do we do? We believe it to be true, which doesn't make it happen. It's already happened, but it makes it true to us. That's the beauty of the gospel. It's already been done. It's a done deal. And so we have these pressures that come in life. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, what's in my cup? Say that with me. What's in my cup? See, I I picture it like this. God has given all of us these wonderful pictures, uh, canisters, let's even say vats, however you want to say it, full of goodness. And we can decide to fill up with this goodness or we can go our own way, filling our cup up with our own concoctions, something that we made up. And so God's already provided it. I don't want us to ever think that, well, if I do a certain amount of something, God will come through. God will show up. You ever heard that? Wow, God really showed up today. Well, showed up. He was already there. You're right? Like if, if, I, if I wake up in the morning, I go in the kitchen, I'm making coffee, and, and my wife walks out, I go, wow, it's nice you show up at the house. She's like, I've been here the whole time. You just weren't aware of it because I was still sleeping. <laughs> right? So God has these pitchers, these canisters, these vats, and they're full of goodness. He's saying, will you take what I've given you and will you pour that into your cup? What, when life gets tough, here's the question. When life gets tough, what spills over? Is it joy, gratefulness? Think about this. Peace and humility. Is it grace and love or reconciliation and forgiveness? No condemnation if it doesn't, but just think about this. Is that what spills over? in those tough moments of life? Or is it anger, bitterness, resentment, retribution, maybe harsh words or harsh actions? I've been there. How about you? See, I believe that God gives us life. We could say our cup, and we choose how we fill it. What are we going to fill our life? What are we going to fill our cup with? Today, let's, let's work toward, and even in this new year, maybe there's something about New Year's, isn't there? Like I was telling this to a buddy of mine the other day. I was like, it just feels like a fresh, clean slate for me anyway. And I know that human beings, we love clean slates because you feel like, ooh, okay, I can start fresh. I can start over. You know, it's funny. This morning I was thinking, man, I really need to get back on a, on, well, I'm on a diet, but it's not a good one. But I need to get on a better diet. And I thought, Let's see, the first is on a Wednesday. That's midweek, though. You know where I'm going with this, right? So I'm thinking Monday, though, right? How many, how many didn't think that? You're like, I don't have to change my diet. I'm, I'm good to go. But, you know, I, it's, it's like as a human, like, we love these clean slates, and we like to start fresh, and we like to start new. And so maybe we can work towards filling our cups with gratitude and forgiveness and joy, maybe words of affirmation for others, because how many know that life isn't all about us? How about kindness and gentleness and love for others? I mean, for you Christians here, you just look through Galatians, and we see the fruit of the Spirit is within you. 
right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the fruit of the Spirit and the good works he's already put in there beforehand so that we should walk in them. It's already there. The pitchers, the, the vats, the canisters of goodness are there. But will we choose and decide to pour that into our cup, which we call our life? Because really it's our decision. God doesn't force it on us. He says, I've provided everything you need. There it is. But what is our choice? I love this here in verse 8 where he, say, he goes through all the, the whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, of good report, virtue. He's, all these things. He goes, think on these things. Now, the word think here isn't just, well, I had a, a passing thought about it, a fleeting thought. The word here, think, in the Greek is the word legizomai. And it means this, a logical reasoning by taking everything into account. It's a little deeper than just think, right? Take everything. What do you see? What are you taking into account in your life? It also means this, to take inventory and meditate. See, do you know that we all meditate on things? We do. Now, for some of us, we meditate on that, that, that bill that we can't seem to, to pay down. Uh, we meditate on the news we heard about cuts coming up on the workforce. Or we meditate on, oh my gosh, the election's coming up and so I need to meditate on all the political stuff. Let me just give you a clue. Just get away from that. Go, go, go do your vote, cast your vote on election day, but pull yourself out of that junk. Maybe just get off Facebook for the next year because you know it's going to get really, really bad. But, but my point is, what are we meditating on? Because what you meditate on is what you are literally filling your cup with. And what does the Apostle Paul say? He says, meditate on things that are honest and just, pure, lovely, of good report. If it has virtue, think on these things. Take everything into account with logical reasoning. Take inventory and meditate. And we could even say this. Why don't you just drink it in? See how I did that? The cup, the liquid, drink it in. You like that? Drink it in. What is in your cup? In verse 9, he says, those things, what things? The things he just described that we think on, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. I love this one word, two-letter word, do. How many know it's in the doing, right? He says to do. And he says, and the, and the God of peace shall be with you. This word do in the Greek means to practice, to exercise, to perform repeatedly or habitually. So it's not a one-time thing, one and done right? It's something that we do over and over and over. Now listen, we all have bad days. I have days where I'm not meditating on the things that are maybe pure and lovely and of good report. Maybe it's the bad report. Maybe it's things that aren't lovely. Maybe I'm stressing about things. That's why I love that the apostle Peter says to cast your care on him for he cares for you. That word cast in the Greek means to hurl. How, how many have ever felt like, like you literally, it's so heavy that you have to hurl this thing to get it off you because of the weight that it brings on you? That's the beauty of the Greek language and the Hebrew language. It's really showing us that it's something that you have to consciously do. I'm going to cast these cares off on you because you care for me. So you have to practice. You have to exercise. You have to perform repeatedly or habitually. So literally, we're creating an atmosphere. We could say a lifestyle or just a way of living where we, we get to choose what we put in our cup we get to choose what we put into our life. See, that's the freedom we have. I know for me, when adversity comes, it's not always easy. 
It's easy to fill my cup with sorrow or stress or worry or anxiety, but I have to choose. See, this is where we get to choose by our will. What does God say about me? What does he say about this situation? He doesn't say everything will be cushy and perfect, but he's with me the whole time. And one thing that he guarantees to us, we see it right here, is his peace. It's already there. It's not something I conjure up or I work up. It's already there. He's saying, will you receive my peace? How do you do it? Meditate on these things. Lovely, good report, pure, honest. How many would, without a show of hands, think, you know what? There's some things I've been meditating on that I need to switch around a little bit. I need to change what I'm meditating on. No, it doesn't mean that we pretend it's not there. I mean, if you're in debt and you want to get out of debt, well, listen, instead of stressing, put a plan together, put a budget together, make some steps. But guess what? Some people might fall below the line. This is Dave Ramsey talk here. And you just tell them, listen, you're below the line right now. We'll get to you later. Whatever you got to do, but don't stress about it. Get the peace of God and then get some wisdom and say, what do I need to do in this particular situation? If you get a bad report from the doctor, which all of us have had those, some worse than others, and I'm not trying to downplay anything, but maybe, just maybe in the new year, it's like, you know what? I'm going to change up some things. I'm going to begin to move a little more. I'm going to change some of the things I'm eating because they're not helping me in my life right now, and that could lower this and raise that and help this and help that. Does that make sense? See, the Holy Spirit's always trying to give us wisdom in these situations. But again, what is in your cup? And, and listen, sometimes we... Many times, I should say, we can't control what other people do. We can't control what people try to put on us or even put into us, the, the, the words they try to feed into us. But see, we still have a choice. We can refuse those words. We can refuse those attitudes. Not the person. We can still accept and love them. But some people, you know, if somebody is extremely toxic in your life, you might need to sever that relationship because it's not good for you. If you have many friends speaking to your life, maybe this is for someone this morning, and they're like, that relationship is toxic, it's hurting you, and you don't see it, maybe they see it. And if you know that their heart is for you, maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's some legitimacy there. Maybe consider severing that. It doesn't mean you don't love a person. We can love people from a distance, and some people we may have to because they're so toxic. They're so wrapped up. They're, they're so lost in their soul. What do we do? We pray for them, and we pray that people can come along to help them. We don't despise them. We don't let a root of bitterness come in. We forgive them, but we have to move on. Does that make sense? So we can determine how we respond. We determine what we put into our cup of life. I want to bring this to a close by looking at Philippians 4 again, 8 through 9. But I want to read this out of the mirror translation. I love how Francois de Troyes translates this here. Now let this be your conclusive reasoning. Consider that which is true about everyone as evidenced in Christ. Look at this. Live overwhelmed by God's opinion of you. That's a powerful statement. Living overwhelmed by God's opinion of us. He says, acquaint yourselves with the revelation of righteousness. Or we could say that right relationship we have. Look at this. Realize God's likeness in you. Make it your business to declare mankind's redeemed innocence. Think friendship. Discover how famous everyone is in the light of the gospel. Mankind is in God's limelight. Isn't that beautiful? 
Ponder how elevated you are in Christ. Study stories that celebrate life. Do you see what the focus is here? It's focusing on the positive. What are the positive stories in life? I mean, just was it yesterday, I think, um, Kristen, just all you did was open up the weather app. Anyone have the Weather Channel app on your phone? You just open it up. We're driving along like, oh my gosh, a semi almost, you know, hit this person and pinned this guy in a truck. Oh my gosh, this, and it was like all this stuff that I'm like, wow, like it's the weather. I just want the weather. But see, negative news is big news. It gets ratings. And I understand there's some things that we need to hear about, we need to find out about. And I found this, I, I don't, I don't watch the news, to be honest with you. If something's really, really important, I hear about it. I, I do. I'm not saying you can't watch the news, but there's so much negativity. It's the weather channel. I just want to know what the temperature... Yes, it's Michigan. It's going to be cold. Actually, it's been pretty warm. But I just want to know the weather. I don't need to know about people being pinned under trucks. I mean, it, if you want, you can. But I'm just saying there's this negativity. It just it continues to come and come. But look what he's saying here. Think Friendship. Declare mankind's redeemed innocence. Look at the limelight that we're in. Study stories that celebrate life. And then verse 9, he says, These things are consistent with all that I teach and live. You can confidently practice what you hear and see in me. That's a pretty bold statement. But look at this. He says, The peace that inevitably follows this lifestyle is more than a fuzzy feeling. This is God himself endorsing our oneness. You know, we talk a lot around here about the union that we have with God. That union that literally in the Greek, it means to be cemented or glued together. We're told that no one can snatch us out of his hand. There's this union that's there, but I found like in my own life that I had to awaken to that. Because I used to think that, that God was that, that barber chair God, right? You ever been in a barber chair? No, even in the barber chair, they spin. And so you have God, he's in this chair and he's, he's facing you, but then you do something not right. And so then he spins away and then you somehow plead, Lord, forgive me. And he spins back and then you do something wrong and he spins away. I can't stand you. And then he spins back and we think it's the barber chair, God. He, he can't stand you. Listen, God never leaves you or forsakes you. He's always there reminding of who, you of who you truly are. He's a good dad. Right? He's a good mom. The scriptures uh, declare that he's both, but honestly, he's neither, right? He's spirit. But however you have to see God, I think it's important that we see this divinity, this divine connection that we have with God and that he won't leave us. And he's constantly trying to show us who we truly are. I love that statement. God himself is endorsing our oneness. Now that's something to be excited about, Amen. So here's the question. What's in your cup? What will you decide to pour into your life? The things that God's already provided, they're sitting there. They're, they're just, they're filled pitchers and vats and, and the canisters of goodness. Will we decide, even when adversity comes, to overlook that and say, I need your goodness. I need your peace. I need self-control right now. I need, I need grace. I need your love more than anything right now, Father. What's in your cup? For more information about Faith City Church, 
please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.